Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for our Summer Camp 2019 miniseries, we're joined by Andrew Hay, Chief Operating Officer at Lars. We sat down to discuss how security is now front page news, diversity at Black Hat, and 2020 predictions. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. So, Andrew, hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm glad to see that you're surviving so far. So far. Still so far, early. So good. Knock on wood. <laughs> All right, we're good. Um, so, the uh, first question I like to ask, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of downers in the security industry, and oftentimes we get stuck in the mud in terms of the things that we need to improve. So I like to start on a positive note and ask, over the last year, what are some positive changes that you've seen? Well, you know, as bad as it sounds, I think that um, a lot of the the breaches and public exploits have garnered a lot of press. And though, you know, it's not a great thing that it's happening. It's hitting the mainstream media. So people are more aware than ever before that these things are actually happening. It's not just isolated in a silo. And I usually use my parents as a barometer when they, when I go home to visit them and they start asking me about, you know, XYZ breach and you know, what, what does this mean? Like, should I worry? Then that means it's actually hit the mainstream and people are aware that these things are happening. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's certainly been a consensus with the other people I've been interviewing. So the the silver lining behind all yeah. the breach news, I suppose, <laughs> um, which I guess leads to to the other the other side of that question, which is what what should we be improving? What ideally, if we're having a conversation a year from now, what would you have liked to see change? And improve? I would really like to see more of a focus on just better hygiene. So getting rid of a lot of the low hanging fruit, a lot of the stuff that people put off because it's not the sexy offensive um <laughs> you know it's not something that's drawing people to conferences and seeing keynotes and they want to see like someone jack an atm or it's you know i want to see more noise made about the defensive side of things and what people are doing to improve their security program and their overall posture um, whether or not it's going to happen remains to be seen but it would be it would be a refreshing change i think and something that board level executives would probably welcome as opposed to just hearing the sky is falling the sky is falling right throw more money at the problem until it goes away yeah so in terms of your experience too at, at this year of all the different shows that are going on whether it be b-sides black hat defcon the diana initiative what are some patterns or things that you've seen change since you're here last you know, one thing that stood out to me that uh, I found, like, I noticed right away is that there's a lot more trans and uh, just underrepresented minorities walking around, where in previous years, it wasn't as prevalent as it is this year. And I, you know, I've, I, I used to coach a, a openly gay rugby team in the Bay Area and the... Uh, just seeing people that are coming out of their shell and going to these conferences where they may not have felt comfortable in the past and showing up, that's a, an untapped market of, of qualified individuals that were just hiding from the spotlight. And now, yeah. you know, I see more and more walking around and just enjoying the same uh, types of conferences and events that we all are. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great to hear. And 
obviously we hope to see that trend progress and yeah i, I can't see so it's funny uh, amanda um was so one of my coworkers. she was talking about how uh, she's relative to some of the industries out there the security industry is still relatively new it's 25 maybe 30 years old so it's not that difficult to implement the changes Uh, she came from the oil and gas world where Mm. you know old boys club they've been doing the same thing for 50 if not 100 years and it's impossible to get anything changed but in security because it is still relatively new there's a lot of influence that can actually move the needle and change the way things are done and perceived by the general public so it's actually a good opportunity right now absolutely and it was cool i went to cocktail con here at the cosmo the other night and i was chatting with circuit swan Mm. and they had an entire blog post about all these different cons queer con goth con Mm. there's like a fashion con and all these different subcultures that are coming together um, as well for this event, which is really cool to hear about. I actually saw a blanket Fort Con. I heard about yeah. that. <laughs> that is incredible. How can we invest in blanket con? That's what I need to know. <laughs> so um, sort of a cliched question that I like to cover is the the skills gap. And I think oftentimes we talk a lot about um, opportunities for folks to grow and their technical prowess, mm-hmm. especially as the technologies are continuing to evolve. But what should we be talking about that isn't front and center when we're talking about the skills gap in your opinion? Well, I, one of the big challenges I have with the whole skills gap is that when people say that there is a skills gap in people that are coming into the industry, what they're hiring for is isolated skill sets. So they're hiring someone to perform a single task or a single job. They're not looking for someone that has a diverse background or diverse skill set. And then when that person wants to move up or expand their horizons, they're usually told, well, you don't have that experience. Mm. So it's it's a double-edged sword. So I think really, as someone that's going into the industry, they should probably try and be a little bit more diverse and focus on um, a handful of things as opposed to just one thing. Like it's great if you're the best web appsec person in the world, but you may want to learn a little bit more about networking or learn maybe some of the business side of things if you ever want to manage people. These are all things to keep in mind that you're probably gonna have to do on your own. The business may or may not invest in you to do this, but you should, you know, at least educate yourself on where you could move before going in. Absolutely. And in in that vein, too, I'm curious if you have any recommendations on where people or resources where people continue to train up on different skills or technologies or um, techniques in the industry. Well, on. Pardon the music. (laughs) Based on. So I've been I've been kind of taking myself out of the the technical path, Um, but I think there's still a lot of opportunities for self-learning. Uh, I'm a big fan of Coursera. So I used to manage a team of data scientists and in order to understand what they were telling me, I put myself through the data science track and learned, you know, at least enough to have a, a educated conversation with them about the types of models they were building. And Coursera, it's, it, not only is it a, a great tool, um, for free learning, but there's, you could also pay a little and get a certificate of accomplishment or certificate of completion at the end, which again, will go along with your resume to show continuing education and uh, maybe even even help with some of your CPEs for some of the other certifications you might have. 
so and reading you know reading is always going to be there there's always going to be free books um and just free technical resources to read online uh you know as much as people joke that you should you should read the man pages to learn how to do something that still holds true with a lot of the tools we just have to get a lot better at documenting those tools when we release them uh because documentation if you have a great tool with poor documentation you're going to have a much narrower narrower audience than you would if you had good documentation and a mediocre tool. Absolutely. That's a that's a great point and um, I'm curious too if there are any watering holes that you recommend on the internet. I hear Twitter come up a lot as a good place to to stay tuned in, but yeah, well Twitter there's a lot of uh, I, I see Slack channels popping up quite a bit for uh, focused areas like I'm on a CISO specific group where it's just a bunch of other CISOs in the Bay Area and actually all over the world. And it, we're just sharing information back and forth on, you know, how to do things, what we've learned and, um, you know, products and vendors and services, things like that. But uh, from a technical perspective, you could easily find and get invited to other Slacks that focus on Python, Python programming, on pen testing, on web appsec and etc. So there's, and a lot of them are very easy to find. You can just Google them and you will find, you know, one or two, or even look on LinkedIn because a lot of people will post that information on LinkedIn. It's like, Oh yeah, I've started this Slack and yeah. it's focused on this. Yeah. And that's, that's another pattern that's come up in these conversations is it sounds like there's a lot more information sharing. We're going beyond the ISAC level in a sense, which is mm -hmm. great. Um, so it's also reassuring to hear that that's happening across a lot of different industries and organizations. And yeah. And mediums. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Slack has opened up a lot of avenues for that. So yeah, that's great. Definitely. Um, to pivot to a more entertaining question. <laughs> I'm curious in the last year, what, uh, the worst security metaphor uh, that you've heard, if you have any top of mind, <laughs> Jeez. Everyone has that's, the same look when I. That's a question. tough one. Um, there's so many bad ones. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So when I used to live in San Francisco, I would always enjoy going to Starbucks and listening to someone pitch. You know, like it's like Airbnb, but for security with blockchain, and oh. it was just like a ridiculous combination that would never get invested in, and or it would you know, be the next billion dollar unicorn. Uh, but yeah, nothing really comes to mind that I'm usually good at analogies. So, or at least making very poor analogies. <laughs> so yeah, those are the most fun. I, I can't even think of one that I would have made. So <laughs> well, yeah, I'm at a loss. comes back to you, you just let me know. There All are right. a few people that are also like, I know I've heard so many, <laughs> but in this moment, none of them are coming. To yeah. Me. They all kind of blend together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, out of curiosity, too, when you're walking around and checking out booths and vendors, there's always seems to be the buzzword of the year. And a few years ago, that was threat intelligence. And now mm -hmm. AI and machine learning are obviously front and center. Um, what do you think the, the next buzzword in the space may be? Uh, from just from what I've heard from people and from what they've seen um, this week alone, it seems that resilient is the new word mm. that's really taking off. So it's not just a secure system or a, you know, something with hundred percent uptime. It's a resilient system, which mm. I guess it means if you punch it, it's going to get back up. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Um, but that's, you know, we'll definitely see that as some of the other bigger cons to see if that has the, uh, the lasting power over the next 
six to eight months. Yeah. I'd like to see that physical proof of concept yeah. <laughs> that you're referring yeah. to. Um, it's like one of those dolls that you punch and it keeps popping back yes. up. Yes. Have you heard about the the little voodoo dolls that are going around for InfoSec? They're, no. Yeah. <laughs> Whose faces are on them? Well, they're just, they're faceless. <laughs> <laughs> so for now. I, for now, yes. Hopefully, hopefully they remain faceless because yeah, that right. could get, that could get aggressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got our next booth handout idea. <laughs> <laughs> So a question I like to ask, uh, we talk a lot about how to improve as an industry, but a great place to start is how we improve individually. So I'm curious if you have any pet projects or professional development that you're working towards in this next year. Uh, I'm reading a lot more business oriented books, uh, not only because I enjoy it. Uh, I, you know, Audible is a great resource for listening to business books, especially when you're flying or just sitting at an airport. Uh, it helps pass the time without just watching the same five movies that are on the same flights for two months. Right. Uh, so I tend to listen to a lot of like finance, um, operations management, and just business in general uh, type of uh, audiobooks because it's kind of what I'm doing now. So that's very cool. Yeah, taking myself farther away from the security side of the spectrum and more into the business management side. Yes, and um, something I'm curious about too, from from your perspective, is what would your 2020 prediction be for the industry if you had to choose? If you had to choose one or two. 2020 prediction. Uh, well, it's an election year, so <laughs> I think there'll be uh, a lot of prominent election meddling, or at least allegations of election meddling, regardless of which way the votes go. And as a Canadian, I can, you know, I, I've got my magic ticket, I can flee the country at any time. So no matter which way it goes, I, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the final question I have for you is, again, to end on a positive note, do you have any personal heroes or beacons in the security industry that you look up to? Not really. Uh, like, there's a lot of people that put a lot of effort into the community. And, you know, I, I'd say Jack Daniel, you know, he throws himself at pretty much anything and everything. And he works tirelessly to support the community. Um, and, you know, even when he's having a hard time with something in his personal life, he still steps up and puts a lot of effort into it. So I'd say, you know, he'd probably be very high on the list. Um, but the whole hero worship in the infosec industry, it's, you know, it, it's like, uh, we, we don't need a people magazine for infosec. That's, that's the last thing we need. Like nobody needs to know what the hacker so-and-so named their baby. Like that's, <laughs> I fear that that's where we're going to get to at some point. Okay. I named my new computer this. Like, oh, great. And here's a sticker. Yeah. Here's a sticker. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Good shout out to, to Jack Daniel. And that's, I've really enjoyed getting to connect with folks in the industry and hearing all that they do and the ways that they give back because it's the, the passionate people that do way more than the, the nine or eight to five and they, they produce an incredible amount. So, yeah. And uh, small tr piece of trivia, his beard is two months older than I am. <laughs> that is fantastic trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a safe flight back home. Yep, nice short one. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. 
All of the articles mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at blog.domaintools.com. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.